0: Hey,
1: Stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Razi, Lissy, the Hells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into the stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Ons at Spark Parade on all social media. So very happy you could join me. My guest today is Matt Lowell. He is the frontman of indie rock band Low Moon, and he spoke to me about his spark, which is Kurt Anderson's book. Fantasyland, How America Went Haywire. Uh, this is a rare episode about a nonfiction work. Exciting, right? And uh we're gonna get a little political here, which is equally, if not more, exciting. So let's just dig right into our nonfiction highly politicized meal, shall we? quick Low Moon facts. Low Moon is an American indie rock band from Los Angeles. uh, Siphoning guitar transmissions and a dynamic vocal push and pull through a lens of cinematic production, Low Moon deftly balances expansive soundscapes and eloquent songcraft using music to make sense of each day. Their new album, A Modern Life, was released earlier this year, and they are currently touring Europe with The War on Drugs. They are also going to headline their own American tour later this Spring. Fantasyland, How America Went Haywire, A 500 Year History, is an American nonfiction book written by Kurt Anderson and published in 2017. Fantasyland is organized into six sections detailing the spread of magical thinking throughout America's history to illustrate how the state of the nation today is an extension of fundamental American characteristics. Fantasyland debuted on the New York Times bestseller list at number three and at number five on the Washington Post and Publishers Weekly bestseller lists. And that concludes The Facts. Let's see what this conversation was all about, shall we? Here comes my chat with Low Moon's Matt Lowell about Fantasyland. The uh, jumping off point is always, uh, do you remember hearing about this book for the first time uh,
2: being turned on to it? Yeah, I think my dad actually told me about it. I mean, I knew Kurt Anderson as a personality, you know, but I didn't um, I didn't know much about him, really, just knew the name, you know, the name, and then my dad, I think, started reading it, and and, and he was just, hes like, you really have to read this book, it's really interesting, Um, and and then I, yeah, I just, I, I always listen, you know, if he has some, it's actually funny, he needs to tell me something like five times before I'll actually, before I'll actually pay attention, that he just kept saying, <laughs> have you started it? And I was like, no, I'll, I'll read it, so, and it was interesting, because it just kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things, and I read it at a really interesting time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess for um, me, like somebody who has zero belief in the supernatural uh, across the board, I, uh, yeah, it's um, interesting to see. Uh, I, I guess, you know, it's not just about that. It, it To me, it's kind of from this country's inception, from before it was even a country, um, the... Desire to uh, fill in the gaps, to um, attain knowledge or to create uh, facts and knowledge if there was no way to attain that knowledge so that nothing is unknown. Um, And also uh, striving to succeed, to make as much money as possible and to convince people that they needed to do the things that you need them to do to uh, for you to be able to to succeed and making those ideas as appealing to those people as possible, um, so kind of uh, the the fear of the unknown intersecting with capitalism um, and how mm-hmm. that has kind of manifested itself from from um, you know the, the time when uh, people started European people started to settle here, um, and it is amazing to be able to have this through line from that early point or even earlier to now. Um, and you know, Donald Trump and, and all of that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, it's also, um, it's really interesting to think about how we've adapted these thoughts, you know, these, these ideas that as American, you don't, know, I mean, I guess I never thought of it like I'm an American, so I have to have big dreams and big hopes and but you know, it's been there since day one. And there's a part of me that actually subscribes to that and believes that not America, not the American way, believes in like it's it's okay to dream and it's okay to have to 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 find hope in in whatever you're doing. And I think that what happened what started happening was the as I read it, I became kind of obsessed with this linear idea that we started here and here we are now, and all of this intersection of has kind of shaped everyone i know me my friends my band everyone and it started to you know this idea the idea of fantasy land was um was quite interesting to me so I, I don't know i mean it's also very scary isn't it <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah and uh, just you know the the ways in which people uh, across the political spectrum are susceptible to variations uh, on uh, these ideas, and that it's not just people uh, being absolutely certain of their religious beliefs and uh, not being able to accept any other reality beyond that. It's not just about um, you know certain politicians convincing people of... Uh, fake news or whatever. It's its all about the way we perceive the world, confirmation bias as well, believing the things we want to believe. Um, and that happens to everybody.
2: Everybody. And I think that quote that kind of starts the whole book um, by Daniel Patrick Moynihan is like, you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And it's just like that's it right there, right? And how many times over the last I mean, the book was published in two thousand seventeen. So and I started reading it at the very beginning. Well, a little I'm trying to think October maybe 2018 is when I started reading it, which is mm-hmm. right when I started writing this record. And so it shaped a lot of the record. I, mm-hmm. I was just I just kept thinking about this book every time I was writing a song, like Hope the Dream Never Dies. I mean, that you know, and and I, I think it it's it's like every everything um that you consume as an artist, it just seeps into to what you're doing and then it becomes part of the fabric that you start kind of um kind of paying attention to or or kind of unraveling. You know what I mean? Like it's it's all in there. And and this record it was the first time I think I found an inspiration that was very solid. Um usually it's novels and, and authors and and different perspectives of character development. And this just hit me, you know, also the band's history, just, we played our first show the day after Trump was elected. Oh God. That was the show. It was like, there was no doubt in our mind that we were playing, that that show would be fantastic. And it was going to be the, and that night before when we were sat around, we were like, we have to play our first show tomorrow. That's, and it was like we just and we went into the room and we made the we 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 kind of channeled this just everyone's whatever what every band member was feeling. So I think it was also the timeline of the band. I feel like that was like the inception of it like and then this book and obviously making a record for the Trump era. You know, we made a record during that era. So it's it's a really it's really wild. Um, so I think the book also just. Not only did it hit home because we were all dealing with this and we were all asking ourselves these questions and it's really interesting to see a timeline of how we may have gotten there, but also it just it was in line with the band.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think one, one of the most interesting things about this book is uh, I, I think before I started reading it, my impression was that it's all about working backwards from Trump to kind of decipher how this could have happened. Um, And, you know, in reality, I've uh, read interviews with him. I've I've watched him, um, you know, uh, do talkbacks in front of audiences where he says, you know, Donald Trump wasn't a part of this book. He was writing the book a long time before uh, Donald Trump was even running for president. And it is this kind of, you know, coda. Um, But, This idea, I think, now that people have the relativism um, that is has infused American culture, is really a byproduct of the internet. That um, you know, before you know, before the last twenty years, everybody really had an an agreed upon set of facts, and they would argue about um, their opinion of those facts, but that everyone had an objective reality. And it's like, no, that's that's not really true.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, and and I think, I mean. Being an American, it's like, we're kind of taught to believe that we can believe anything we want, that like the beliefs that we have are equal or superior to everyone else's. You know what I mean? Like kind of screw the experts, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I believe. And we've seen it now. I mean, the last two, three years has been an extremely um, interesting development from this book. People make their own, I mean, not just on Facebook, not just on social media. I mean, people are just making up their own stories and and. And people are believing them as it goes. So it, the, the cause and effect of the whole thing is very interesting because like the credible becomes incredible and then we start spiraling out of control. And that's when it becomes, you know, I don't know. I hate to say scary because I try not to live my life scared, but it's in there, you know, it's like it is in there. And um, there are days when I'm like, man, this is this is scary. Um,
1: so there's also just this, I, one of the things that I think is, uh, you know, that a lot of people think is is one of the biggest problems right now is this misconception of uh, what science is. That there's a lot of people questioning science because it evolves, and it's you know saying like with vaccine mandates or with the vaccines themselves that it's like six months ago it was this and now it's this. And exactly. um, I think in a lot of people's brains, religion is the thing that's a bit more open, and science is the thing that's fixed when it's actually the opposite. Religion is, you know, stays the same. People can apply it to an ever changing world, but it's uh, you know, the Bible is not going to be altered. It is, you know, that it is what it is, and science is uh Uh, you know, living organism, it continues to evolve, it continues to change. And, you know, one of the most exciting things about science to me is that it's never ending. There's all, you know, striving for uh, knowledge is uh, this, you know, at the core of science. And it means that the... Facts that we have now are not rock solid. They're what, the, you know, with the knowledge that we have now, that is how we experience the world and uh, how we've made these amazing technological advancements. But there could be better science in six weeks, six months, six years that improves those things and completely alters our perception of how the world works. And people don't really get that and they want science to be something that's very certain. And so I think that adds to, um, adds fuel to the fake news fire that people feel like, well, if science c- isn't even going to stay the same, how
2: can we believe that there are facts? Well, I mean, Aren't we seeing that with this, with the constitution, with voting, with women's rights, it's all, it's like the constitution can't change. Well, it has to, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Things have to evolve and develop, and it's really bizarre to me. It, that's always, I hate saying their argument, but it is. It's like it, it was written that way then, and it has to stay like that. But no, you know, and it's the same with some. But they see that as the Bible. It's like it's stuck there, and it's not changing, and it is in stone. And that's how we, the founding fathers, believed that this country should be built on. And 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 in fact, I mean. That's why I guess it feels like we may be going backwards because there are things where you're like, no, that's not how it works. And science changes. In the beginning of the pandemic, we were wearing, we were using hand sanitizer. That's what we thought this pandemic was. And no, after data showed and after science took over, it was an airborne and it was a a lung disease. So we put on masks. It's like, you know, it's just, I get so frustrated or or I just... It's, it's, it's just very hard to rationalize or to reason because it doesn't make sense, but it comes up all, it comes up time and time again, doesn't it? It's like the, the, we get stuck in our, in our, well, there's a group of people or there's groups of people, or there's lots of people that are stuck in this. This is how it was built and this is how it needs to stay. And that's the fight, you know, I mean, that's kind of the fight that we've all been fighting. Um,
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that kind of political dogma that comes from, you know, strict constitutionalists uh, is bullshit. They are very willing to change the rules. They're very willing to make amendments to the Constitution when it suits them. Um, And it comes back to that idea of projecting strong, firm leadership and publicly making the people who you want to convince think that you... Believe one solid set of facts when in, in reality it's about preserving power, it's about controlling people. Um, and you know, I think there is an irony in uh po- politicians across the board talking about the American experiment, which to me is a, a scientific term. And the idea there is with experiments, you try things, you adjust you um it's this constant ever-changing uh forward motion that you want to improve you don't want to say no things are set the way they were in the 18th century and we're never moving forward from that um it's uh yeah fascinating and infuriating in equal measure
2: yeah it, it is um and and i try i you have to go through phases with this stuff for me at least or i'll just find myself going absolutely mental um you know and I, I I try to, you know, the interesting part about it for me is that when when Trump wasn't reelected, the only thing I could say to myself was, OK, I don't have to think about that. Think about the president for, for a little bit. I don't have to think about how much space this whole thing is taking up in my brain. And I think um, it's just. And, uh, and to be completely honest, I I don't know how much has changed if, if anything at all, except for my own reaction to it, I guess the way that I feel about it. Um, and you know, I, I think we're just, we're in this, we're in this reality that people believe what they want to believe and there's almost no making them change their minds. And I have to just accept that or I'll just end up going, I mean, man, it, It's like comments on Instagram or comments. It's it's everywhere you turn. Everyone's got their own fantasy about what it is and what it should be. And it gets really tiring.
1: Right. And, you know, that uh, is another contradiction is people believing – Saying that they have a set of facts that they believe that are, you know, completely fictitious, totally fantastic things that if it were presented to them about a completely different topic that had nothing to do with politics and, you know, you said, I think my neighbor is running some kind of uh, child um, trafficking ring out of the pizza place next door to me. They would think you were fucking crazy. Um, But accepting those facts and being so certain or accepting those ideas and being so certain about them that even if they are proven wrong, even if the people who told those those ideas to them say this is incorrect, they move on. They pivot to a different way to make that thing true. Um, And that, again, feels like a, a religious belief to me that it's like this thing is true. And no matter how you try to convince me that it's not, I can bob and weave and, uh, you know, tilt my head in just the right way that the thing that is crazy or the thing that is, you know, a a belief of mine that there's no proof for is the truth. And, um, that, that thing is, is fixed and certain no matter how much proof to the contrary you can find.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it it is also interesting to me to see in this book how you know through through the ages, through the this country's history, in every aspect of American life, those ideas have um, been pretty prominent. And talking about like the entertainment industry, um, and in addition to politics, and also you know, hippies and like the, uh, counterculture in the sixties and how all of that bleeds into this kind of haziness about what is fact and what is fiction, but also, sure. um, aspirational ideas about what it means to be American and, and what you, uh, that the life that you should try to achieve to attain the, uh, American dream, whatever that uh, is for each individual person but that there's this thing hanging over this country that's like everyone has the ability to be as rich as mark zuckerberg and all you have to do is try right. and there's nothing that's standing in your way and if you think that there is something standing in your way it's because you are the problem so just like having that as the goal post and then all of this other stuff surrounding it that um you know, uh, people think of as, uh, challenging their ability to, to meet those goals. Yeah. Very, again, very frustrating and and maddening, but also interesting.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've all come to also, I don't, I don't think that it's, yeah, I try not to see the negative in, in that piece of the puzzle when it comes to having hopes and dreams and that, and that's kind of, A lot of my favorite songwriters, especially, I mean, being a musician, that's kind of one of the things that they explore a lot. I mean, like Bruce Springsteen's made his whole living on how to, how to find that joy for you, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, and that, and that search, and it is a search. That's the thing that uh, I, I think is interesting about the way Kurt has, has put, put it is that it's, becomes a toxic thing when it seeped into the culture um, of the entertainment business of, in religion. And that's when it becomes, again, it it becomes slightly frightening because um, you're trying to find hope in what is pretty much a dystopian landscape. And that's like banging your head up against the wall and it's, and you're, Obviously, Americans, as Americans, we are built with that epic individualism like that's that's in our bones and and you can't actually. And part of that is OK. A piece of that is OK. I mean, I even this is going to sound crazy, but I've said this to a bunch of friends of mine and and we all obviously have the same views on Trump, but five percent of Trump in everybody that I know would actually be okay. Sprinkle a little bit of that in everybody. Only the good shit. And there is very, 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 very little good shit (laughs) in that man. But the identity, like, I can see where some of this comes from, you know. And it's gone so haywire and so ass backwards and so wrong that it's negative. But there's a a way to spin it. I guess what I'm saying is I do think there's a way to spin some of these attributes of a being an american which i i hate thinking about but um into a positive and what has happened with the internet and with um social so, social media but also just the internet i don't even think it's just social media um that's it's turned this into a, a, a massive ne- negative mm-hmm. you know the epic individualism has become extremely negative to me, and that's and sometimes it's hard with a you know it's it's hard being okay, saying, I hope the dream never dies. And that was kind of part of songwriting process in this record was like, I'm just going to say what I actually want to say, um, even though some sometimes that may feel not trite, but um, like you shouldn't be saying that as an American or you shouldn't, you know, we're afraid to say that. Um, and we were just dealing with this, such a dystopian landscape that any bit of hope at any time for me was like, what kept me going, you know? Um, because it was just, con- I mean, the la It was just constant, and so the Kurtz book it gave me perspective on why it was like it was, which I think was really helpful for me to to deal with the deal with the landscape that we were living in. So I kind of saw it as like less of. I tried not to be so negative about it, and less of like, oh, okay. In some ways, a, a little bit like how this how we were talking about science. It's like. Hey, it's not so crazy that we got here. Okay, I feel a little bit better now that I know that there's some, there's there's a timeline here, and I and I paid a lot of attention to the timeline too. It's like, it got me thinking about how I got to my how I get to my thoughts, how I see myself, where as a white male in in, my, in their in my thirties, and what that means, and and how I can do that better, and what and how what what are the things I should pay attention to. So. I also saw it as like a massive like the book itself was like oh a slap in the face a bit and 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 a, and a bit of an awakening. Yeah. Which we need from people like Kurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you know uh it's it's also the way that I mean the the internet has amplified things uh you know exponentially but the having like the seed that the uh lofty I- ideals that the country was founded on the the founders trying to create a place where people were free to believe what they wanted to believe where um you know but they uh, an escape from tyranny um all of those things and at part of that foundation is this idea of an american dream that people can come here and build Um, a life that is happy and healthy and uh, they can build a family and um, find success. And I think um, one of the things that this book illustrates to me is that that idea has been blown up to a point where it's like people do think that it's not just some success. It's all of a success. And it's that they, yeah. they are entitled to everything. And it's the kind of astronomical success that like, you know, a tech billionaire where people are encouraged to think that, uh, you know, there are limitless possibilities for them. And all they have to do is put their mind to it. When in reality, having that, that particular kind of success is like winning the lottery, which again is something that people do all the time and think, it could be me even though it's statistically impossible it's like of course it could be you it's not like there is absolutely no way that that could happen but the chances are so vanishingly small that pinning your hopes on that is um unrealistic and so i guess like my my perspective is just hope is necessary but being realistic about what is possible for you, and also, like you know, hope means different things. To, hope means different things to different people, and what is possible depends on your socioeconomic situation, your race, your uh, geographical location, all of those things. Um, but yeah, it just, it, you know, it's uh, this book doesn't just make me think about the way that this country developed, but just the world and about human nature and its um, big ideas.
2: Yeah, big ideas, definitely. And um, I also often think about that very much so in the entertainment world is like we're built to believe that we need to be, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio or need to be Springsteen, or you need to be, or, you know, the biggest bands in the world, the Coldplay. And what you end up doing is just you just never get you're just never going to be satisfied. So it also that hope or that burning to des- desire that you have, or that I found that that I connect to is just being happy, being able to do what I love with the people that I love, create relationships with my music, create relationships with the things that I'm saying or the things I'm writing or, and um it's so true. It's like, we are fed that this is success or this is, and that's, you know, like Kurt says, it's like, we've been doing that since day one. And it it's so entangled in the fabric of this country and in the fabric of our identity, you know, that you lose. It's like, no, you can't if you're, built, you know, if you're born into, you know, like you were saying, there's a socioeconomical, um, uh, you know, ceiling on, there's just all, and you don't think about those. We're not, Mm. we're not supposed to. And that's what got, that's what got us into trouble. Yeah. But I think, you know,
1: the, the, uh, focusing on the goodness in people and, uh, hoping for the best hoping that there is a way for us to get back to some semblance of sanity if if we agree that there ever was any kind of uh common grasp of reality um but just i think you know you have to examine where we've come from and how we got to where we are to try and make that's his. yeah
2: yeah you have you have to Um, and, and I, again, I, I think that if not, if anything, this book kind of made me nostalgic in a way too to think about where I grew up, why I am the way I am, how I got here and where I fit and what I can do better and and where I've, where my, you know, shortcomings are and. And I think that that's and it there was just a very interesting lesson, and it got me thinking. And that's a lot of kind of what what I write about too. It's like in this Thomas record is like that 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 um, timeline is just became I kind of became obsessed with that, and I've continued to. And maybe the pandemic had a bit to do with that, even though a lot of these songs were written prior to the pandemic. We just continued to end up getting nostalgic and thinking about how we got here and why we are the way we are. And, and me individually, I, I thought, of, I just thought about that a lot. And I think Kurt's book brought that really to the forefront for me because I don't think I, not that I don't, didn't think about it, but I, I don't think about, I guess I didn't think about the kind of reactions that I have to that or the way I feel about that um, before reading this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have people who, present uh uh work that can challenge you in that way and uh just provide context for uh the way the world is yeah um i feel extremely satisfied this was a very very uh thoughtful and uh fantastic chat so thank you so much
2: i'm glad thank you for having me yeah i'm always happy it's so awesome to to get to talk about something outside of the music Hmm. this is so in this is actually so much more inside the music than it is where'd you record it and how'd you i'm like well this is how you get there and so and you're right it's cool that you call it spark because that is you as an artist you know we always need something to jump off from um so it's a really beautiful concept thank you and it's it's easy to talk about i mean i could have it's so hard to choose one. I'm like, I could have chosen There's so many, but I think this one was the biggest moment that I kept coming back to. So I was like, Oh, that makes sense. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> I can feel it, you know, but uh, it, it comes through when you're, you're talking about the way that, uh, all of the, of these ideas are infused in, in your work. And, and that's, uh, that's kind of the, uh, the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again. This was great. Well, Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Take
2: care.
1: Not too shabby, eh? Thanks again to Matt for chatting with me. Low Moon's new album, A Modern Life, is out now, and you can catch them on tour in Europe and the States throughout the rest of the spring. And there you have it. That's about all I've got for you today. I'll be back next week for more fun and games. But in the meantime, have lots of fun. Be careful. Take calculated risks if you need to take risks at all. And um, until next time...